we use our founders and a lot of the content. And I think it's really kind of the brand voice structure in terms of being like accessible, approachable, easy to understand that we use them to tell the stories. You're listening to Retail Remix, your inside access to candid conversations with the people shaping retail's future. Here's your host, Alicia Esposito. If you've listened to the show, you know I love sitting down with executives who are leading high-growth companies. In this fast-moving, fast-changing industry, I always love to hear from the folks that are pulling new growth levers, testing new initiatives, and of course, tapping into their communities to uncover where new growth opportunities happen. Today's episode is no exception because I'm sitting down with Asha Coco, who is CEO of Covey Skincare. Now, Covey Skincare was founded by two moms, one a former Googler and the other a model, and they were friends, kindred spirits, and also had some very similar skincare issues. Hence, the entire brand was born around this concept, and they built a brand that was not only science-backed and with quality ingredients, but also was driven by simplification, right? We've seen so many skincare routines that have 10 or so steps, include so many different brands, so many different products, and it's a bit overwhelming. So now Covey Skincare is really digging into this value prop, among other things, and they are setting their sights on growth. Asha answered some very deep dive questions of mine, and I appreciate that because I had a lot of questions about what is driving growth, what are the value props, and how are they differentiating in this increasingly crowded and competitive landscape. Listen in because I truly think Covey Skincare is creating something special. Asha, thanks so much for being on the show. It is so great to meet you. Thank you for having me. It's so great to be here. Yeah, I'm thrilled to have you on the show because we are going to dig into a lot of topics in the world of skincare, e-com, D2C, the whole nine. But to start, you joined Covey Skincare just in June. I have to ask, I know it's probably still early days for you, but how has the role been treating you so far? Yeah, I joined at the beginning of June. We've hit the ground running. It's super exciting and very excited about what we're building towards. And I really have this incredible partnership and the founders and the team. So we have a big year ahead and years to come. Yep. And we'll get into the founder story, what the brand is all about. But I want to dig a little bit into your history. You have an incredible track record in the beauty industry, working for giants like Estee Lauder and Cody, among others. So Kobe Skincare is a smaller brand, but as you alluded to in your last response, there are a lot of plans. There's a playbook for growth. So how do you plan to tap into your experience, again, with these big brands, to help Covey 
meet its goals and forge that path forward? Sure. Well, I'll give you a little context to my background, and then we can talk about how I'm planning to kind of leverage that experience for our future plans for growth. And as you mentioned, I always will tell people I grew up at some of the strategics like Essay Lauder Companies and Cody. I spent 10 years on that side of the business. And then I followed that with 10 years at fragrance and ingredient suppliers. And there, again, was working with a lot of major, big strategic clients, the Unilever's, L'Oreal's, P&G's, Lauder, Cody, et cetera, et cetera, all of those big conglomerates. And then in the latter half of that period, it was when I was starting to work with indie brands at the time when the indie market was really booming. And you saw a lot of early stage pre-revenue. And then of course, like this whole growth in those unicorn brands at at the time of when like Glossier launched and scaled and otherwise. And I had the opportunity to be working with a lot of early stage businesses. And I think that experience is what drew me into operating roles at younger startups and early stage businesses. So after 10 years on the fragrance and ingredient side of the business, and then really spending five of those years dedicated to scaling high growth, high velocity businesses, I moved into an operating role, spending some time with another creator, leading home fragrance brand, and then met the incredible team at Covey and really saw an amazing foundation in which we could scale and grow and was excited to join the team. And so I think that when I look at my history and my career, I think about some of the things I learned along the way. And I think there's an agility and being able to flex working, whether big or small, kind of how you pattern and follow the market trends. How do you lead and disrupt and how when you're small and agile, you kind of have more bandwidth to do so than if you're a bigger brand in the marketplace. I mean, I even think about this from a product innovation standpoint, you know, what could sometimes take many, many years to develop, you can move faster because you have fewer like gates to move through when you're on the startup side of things. So I think that the way I have kind of learned to operate is really kind of understanding, like, what are the kind of best in class practices? Where is innovation coming from? Where can we lead? Where can we follow? And kind of adapting that for our brand mission, vision, voice to drive growth. Yeah, I love that. And I know a lot of brands, operators, whether it be founders or, you know, the folks that are part of that growth team, brands in different categories are really emphasizing, you know, what are those points of differentiation and how can we really carve out a special place in the market? So let's talk a little bit about Covey Skincare and kind of the mission and value prop. So Covey was founded by two moms, one a former Googler, the other a model, but they of course had this joint pain point or joint idea that they wanted to bring to the market. So can you talk a little bit about that mission and vision and really what is driving the brand? Like, what are those points of differentiation that you were alluding to? Sure. So I love to tell the story of how the idea for Covey came to be. And Christina and Emily will like always proclaim they are yin and yang to each other. They met through their 
husbands and became fast friends. And they were on a couple's trip in Iceland. And while the gentlemen would go get a drink at the bar, the ladies would go get ready together. And during this time, you can imagine a scene where they have like all their makeup and all their skincare, and they would kind of go through their rituals and talk about what was working and not working. And Christina would kind of ask Emily, say, hey, like, you're a supermodel with access to all these incredible brands, makeup artists, like what are you using on your skin that I should consider because I'm having XYZ issue. She had a lot of like irritation or issues using retinol, harshness, dry, flaky skin. And then Emily would say, you know, yeah, I do have these great resources in the beauty industry. I mean, she's been growing up in the beauty industry as one of the key iconic faces in beauty. And she too was like, you know, I have discussions with makeup artists and my skin also is having a terrible reaction to X, Y, and Z. And when they were having this conversation on this trip, it was at the height of Korean skincare routines when it like the rituals were more is more. It was about 12 to 14 steps. And they were finding that it was just too harsh and too complicated. And so they decided to address it and try to fix the problem. And that's really how the idea for Covey was born. It was born very authentically out of their personal pain point. I will always have them like share the pictures to prove because I mean, really, it's astounding like how many challenges a lot of consumers have. And then what they did, this is really led with like Christina's expertise and background as a Google executive is a lot of data analytics to substantiate what is happening with consumers and what is the sentiment around skincare. What they found is that 87% of consumers are overwhelmed with skincare and they don't know where to start. And so they just don't enter the category or they try a lot of things. They're not loyal and they're always churning onto new products. And so that was kind of the inception of Covey. And the Covey brand was really launched to provide minimalist skin solutions that provide maximum results. And they started with a three-step program. And they were recalling from their youth how their mothers took them to the clinic counter in their early like days. And that was their first entry into skincare. But a lot has changed in terms of technology in skincare formulations. And so they wanted to kind of create a simplified ritual, but that delivered performance. And so they both actually share the same dermatologist and they brought her into the fold as an advisor in the process of developing the first formulas, actually every single formula. And working with Dr. Julie Rusak developed a three-step program that is really delivering both targeted treatments and multitasking high-performance products that work and integrate together. Because that's another challenge is that you may be using different types of formulations from maybe different disparate brands, but then together, the combination could also create a really bad reaction on your skin. So the goal was that each uniquely had kind of a superpower, but then when you put them together, it just creates this optimal effect in terms of a three-step for the modern woman today. And the things that we have been focused on in terms of how we're differentiated in this D2C climate, you've mentioned, you know, it's crowded, it's competitive, it's fragmented, there's so many options out there, 
I mean, this is the pain point, right? Like, where do I start? What do I choose? What's the right thing? Do I need farm fresh ingredients or something else? We are really leading with our routines-led positioning, which is really around the system that Covey delivers in terms of having simplified rituals that deliver results. And that has really led us to a strong, growing, loyal customer base. And we have a great group of subscribers that have been growing consistently. And then I think the other piece is the robust community that we have and how we activate them. Of course, we had an incredible platform at the time of the brand's launch because of Emily's audience. And so that drove a lot of awareness to the brand. But since then, we're really building that community out further across like our social channels and really activating, you know, Emily's community in tandem so that we can continue to amplify Covey's mission, which is to take the guesswork out of skincare. I love it. You perfectly summarized all of the questions I want to get into with you. So I tried. I was like, there's a lot of questions. <laughs> what are you, CEO <laughs> or something? That. So I do want to jump into that product side because I feel like with skincare, especially over the past couple of years. I want to say it really ramped up during the pandemic's peak because everyone was all about skincare, all about exploring and perfecting their routines for obvious reasons. But I feel like that's when the science of it all, like you mentioned, really came to the forefront, even though like historically people did like to shop at, say, like a Sephora to get skincare. I feel like people really dove deep into like, okay, what products do I need? Like, how do I optimize my routine? I know I personally was consuming a lot of content around like, which order do I need to put all these different skincare products? Like, what's the difference between, you know, an oil and a serum? Like, because there's so much to consume there. So digging into product innovation and the science of it all, obviously having that dermatologist backing and support is huge. But how does that kind of tie into investing in product innovation and figuring out how to best communicate that work to the masses? Because I feel like that hunger for knowledge and insight and understanding of how this all works and what the benefits are, I feel like that's still very much intact. So, I mean, how are you guys leveraging that to, I guess, create like that loop of communication with your customer around like what innovation is happening? Yeah, I'll tell you kind of the formulation philosophy. And Christina has really led a lot of the product innovation and strategy there. And the goal of the different products in the range is that every product is an everyday essential that you can use every day. And a couple like supporting challenges, pain points that our founders were experiencing were that there are skincare products that are really complex to use. Case in point, a retinol. You need to skin cycle. You cannot use it every day. You cannot be exposed to sun. There's all these caveats as to how you can use it, right? And also it's not safe for use during pregnancy, which was another factor during the development of the brand and the launch of the brand. Both of our founders had children during the growth of Covey in the last couple of years. And so their mission was really let's create clean formulations that can be for use every single day. The formulas have to be gentle and non-irritating, but they also have to be highly efficacious and also pregnancy safe. And of course, vegan, cruelty-free, and like everything that kind of aligns with like what's expected from a clean skincare brand today. 
And I think what's differentiating versus other brands out there is that we lead with language that is very inviting and easy to understand. When you look at our product names, we are really focusing on the usage and like when you use the product in a routine. Our first of all cleanser, our next up vitamin C serum, our last but not least moisturizer, sun and done SPF. You have a nod or a trigger to when you use the product. And then as you go deeper into the, the ingredient storytelling and how it works, that's when you find out all of the efficacy and ingredient details that would be relevant for the performance of that product. Because what we find with our consumer is that she may not know what all of those different like active ingredient materials are. And in fact, it's a little bit intimidating. So we try to lead with language that indicates usage and then support it with education about those materials. And then I think also in the selection of these ingredients to the points I made earlier around gentle but efficacious, clean and everyday. The team has developed incredible formulas that really are gentle powerhouses. If we think about their retinol alternative, which recently just won two awards, we're very proud. So I'm like shameless plug, but <laughs> recently won a self beauty award as well as an award with the bump for being the best retinol alternative. They are featuring a hero ingredient, which is called Bacuchiol, which is a plant-based retinol alternative that really helps deliver the benefits of a retinol without the need to skin cycle the ability to use it every day, and that it's also pregnancy safe. So it's really purposeful in terms of how they choose ingredients and raw materials to make sure that we're delivering on the efficacy in a way that's aligned to our values. And that's how we think about product innovation go forward. So go forward, we're really focused on, okay, what are, again, everyday essentials that will be incremental? We Today, our range is really universal. I think that the vision would be to be able to scale that to other targeted skin concerns, but again, keeping a very minimalist approach to those routines. And so that's where you'll see the activity in future months. Oh, that's amazing. So what I find most fascinating about your response, Asha, is that you really dug into the science of it all, right? Like your approach to product development, ingredient selection, but it was very simplified. Like I am not a skincare expert. So I was like listening to your response. I'm like, oh, okay, I, I fully understand that. And I think that's where a lot of consumers are. They really want to understand what they're putting on their face, how to best simplify. I think the fact that it's minimalist, a minimal routine, and really for everyone too is a really big draw. So I'm curious how all of these value drivers, these unique facets that really make the Cubby skincare brand what it is, like how does this all come together to drive the brand storytelling, especially as we think about acquisition, right? Because I feel like there are so many different brands, especially online, how do you kind of find the right points to dig into, especially as you speak to your target audience? Like, is it more so about minimalism and simplifying the process and less so about the science? Is it an equal measure of both? Like, how does your team really think about getting this message to market as effectively as possible across channels? Yeah, I think that we have different messages that go to different parts of the customer funnel. 
And we have a different strategy for customer acquisition versus middle of funnel where we're retargeting. That being said, we use our founders and a lot of the content. And I think it's really kind of the brand voice structure in terms of being like accessible, approachable, easy to understand that we use them to tell the stories and because they're really the best at telling the stories. And we do this through content that really has driven a great amount of conversion. I'll give you an example. We launched an incredible lip balm in March. It's called Seal the Deal. And Emily did a piece of content. It was organic to start where she did her lip pack where she uses Seal the Deal and her favorite chubby stick for lip and does a layering process and shows kind of the before and after effect. And this thing took off. I think millions of views later, we have flywheeled that piece of content into our paid ad strategy. And it continues to be a top performer from an ads perspective and continues to be what is driving top of funnel uh, customer acquisition in a very efficient way. So I think this kind of concept of like making sure that we're being authentic in the way we're articulating what these products do and how to use them through our founders as part of kind of our secret sauce. I will also say that like Christina is an incredible educator around ingredients and how they perform and what they do in the formulations. And I think it's because her approach is so authentic. I mean, she's doing this covey, like this is her first entree into product development was building this brand because her whole experience is as an advertising executive in tech. So I think it's really interesting because she's able to translate what can be very scientific and sometimes, again, overwhelming, intimidating, hard to understand. She brings it to a level where it becomes very approachable. And she can tell you why a nano zinc oxide is going to be the best ingredient to really combat UVA and UVB rays and give you all the reasons why. She'll kind of educate you on Bakuchiol, but she'll do it in a voice and a tone that really invites someone in. And we see like a lot of success in the way we tell stories that way. And I think we focus a lot on short form video content, as is kind of the universe of D2C today. We have a lot of success there. And so we make sure that we kind of have this funnel where we kind of test in organic. If it's working, we'll like make sure that we're building assets in CRO to amplify that we also put the best assets against our paid ad strategy and continue to always create newness. That's great. And you mentioned your community earlier on, which I think is really becoming a integral component, I think, of any solid growth strategy, regardless of the the size or the maturity of the brand. And I love that you guys have this section of the site called Join Our Flock. I think it's just like a really fun, like tongue-in-cheek way to talk about your community and, and really make it feel a bit more personal and a bit more family-like, so to speak. Obviously, this ties to how significant social networks and, of course, ultimately UGC play in this larger marketing and advertising discussion. So I'm curious, how else do you guys try to include or involve the flock in the business and marketing campaigns? You you mentioned how video from the co-founders play a role too in, you know, showing how products work before and afters, but what about the community specifically? Yeah. So we are very community focused and it's interesting. If you go back to kind of the naming convention of Covey, like Covey, is a flock of birds that like protects and cares for each other. And that's kind of like 
the core value of like what we want Covey to be. It's all about empowering people, take the guesswork out of skincare, lift each other up, and we can conquer anything, right? And I think it also kind of relates back to kind of this friendship that birthed the amazing idea for this brand through Emily and Christina. And so we talk a lot about community and community strategies in the business. We have focused a lot on different types of activations, whether they're in person or virtual or through other types of seating and whatnot. We will be rolling out and even like, I'd say like the next generation of our community strategy in let's just say the coming month. You'll hear about it in the form of Club Covey, which we're super excited about. And it's going to have many different ways for different types of community members to participate. So to your point around our like our super fans and our base Covey consumers, we're going to have programming rolling out and access to exclusive ways to interact with the brand that will be next level compared to what we were already doing, just continuing to build the relationship with these people. I mean, to be honest, they're so engaged. They have such an intimate relationship with Emily and Christina. There are some of our consumers who now like I'm DMing them like on the regular. I mean, we know who these people are and we adore and love them. We also are activating even further. We've done a significant amount and seen great success with like seeding with UGC creators. We're going to be leveling up that with an even more robust program. And then we've always had incredible support from Emily's community of peers who are really like other content creators that are her of her stature and scale. And so we're going to be bringing more of them on board as partners to really help grow and amplify our mission at Covey. Awesome. Awesome. Throughout our conversation, Ashley, you've brought up the fact that you guys do take a full funnel approach to storytelling, to speaking to your audience, you use advertising, your community is integral to everything you do. Obviously, this all kind of rolls together to help drive that acquisition. But is there anything else that we can hit on in terms of how Covey goes about navigating and growing in this digital D2C climate because there have been so many discussions around cost per acquisition and how it's constantly increasing and how brands are pivoting their focus from D2C only to, say, marketplaces or wholesale to better diversify there. So are there any key learnings or insights as far as what has worked really well for the brand? Or is it basically kind of a combination of everything that we've really discussed so far? I do think it's a combination of what we've discussed. I think that we know that we want to continue to also drive organic very significantly. And we were really excited this weekend. Like we just surpassed 10,000 followers on TikTok and the brand earlier this year had like just started their TikTok. So it's exciting to see momentum in places where we can really, again, drive organic customer acquisition. And I think it's going to be around like the creative execution of how we tell stories, how we bring in the community and activate that will get more and more consumers into the brand. I mean, we also are experimenting with, you know, different levers from a CRO perspective and always like thinking about optimizing their We had introduced a skin quiz with an app platform that has showed some really like great findings in the early stages. 
we're going to continue to like figure out ways that like, how does like the whole ecosystem of what we're doing complement each other so that everything we're driving towards, again, like drives customer acquisition and efficiency in a way that also is meaningful for the business. The other place we focus on too is like is CRM too, like in terms of how can we really optimize our communication with our community and like, and what are those communication points? Because of course, there's always a more value offer led campaign structure option, but we like to also blend in a lot of editorial content because our community really values kind of that point of view. I'll give you an example of two top performing pieces or CRM content that we do. One is our Founder Fridays. And Founder Fridays just kind of showcases kind of some sort of lifestyle aspect from one of our founders or both of our founders. And we usually use that as a way to authentically integrate our products, whether it's a specific product or a routine, but you kind of see it out in the wild. Like, this is like a day in the life of the founder. And this really performs really well. And we use it in the CRM channel. We also do a piece of content called Real Routines, which is really, again, going back to kind of the community base, is about highlighting talent from within our community. We've highlighted other content creators or other founders. This month, it was a photographer who shot the Covey campaign, Mary Fix. And really kind of just talking about like other women that we really are inspired by and how they live their lives and what's part of their routine. And then again, integrating Covey in that conversation. So I think it's really about like, we also are, again, like when you go back to community building and kind of how we build the relationship with our consumers, like it cannot, we don't see this as only transactional, like we're trying to build something that's really like deep and meaningful because we know that she wants to be in those conversations and and have that level of intimacy, content, access. And so we like to play there and it's been really successful for us. No, that's great. So as far as the future and the playbook for growth and expansion, I mean, what are you guys thinking about? Are you still prioritizing D2C because you're really finding your stride there and you're seeing success with this community and content-driven model? Or are you thinking about pursuing those other vehicles that I mentioned earlier, like marketplaces, wholesale and the like? Yeah, well, we're really open. I think if we look at how kind of skincare consumers shop, I mean, we know that like the path will lead to a strategic retailer partnership. We do have a great partnership with Space and K at Bloomingdale's today, which was kind of the brand's foray into the retail space. But we will continue to scale D to C and then consider kind of like how do we round out in the channels where we know our consumer is shopping and ways that we can deliver IRL experiences so that she can really test and try the brand. Oh, that's great. And the retail landscape is constantly evolving. There are always new consumer behaviors for executives to think about and, and integrate into their plans, new channels. I know everybody is thinking about threads now, for instance, as far as marketing channels go. But I mean, for you specifically, I mean, obviously, as CEO, you're kind of looking at it all, right? So what trends are you thinking about or even prioritizing as CEO? Like, what do you believe the future holds for beauty and skincare and and even just, you know, what your audience wants, like in way of customer experience, product experience, the whole nine? Yeah, I think macro level, 
there is a massive shift in skincare towards skin minimalism. And I think we're very fortunate to be at the forefront of that. And we're hearing this through, again, like data analytics and even retailer conversations that we've been in. Consumers are really looking to minimize and less is more, and it can be more. And that's what I think the Covey range has really proven to be. And as we think about like other trends and tactics, I mean, at the end of the day, I love that you brought up threads because it had like this huge rise and then like already like this huge drop off, right? In like less than a week's time. I think that we're looking for like where are platforms where we can see like sustainable growth and like what are the different incremental ways that we can like engage with our consumer, capture her and have a conversation with her. So I think that we're focused on kind of how our product mix is really poised at this moment for like a perfect market fit aligned to like this longer term growth trend that we're seeing. And then how we activate, I think we're really experimenting because again, like, like I mentioned earlier, when you are at the beginning of your journey, you have all this leeway to experiment. Like you can do something, you can be on threads and then everybody leaves and you can move on as just like a random example. But I think what you'll see is that we'll experiment with different types of platforms and technologies in terms of like how we can play and engage and just making sure that it's incremental, that it's intimate, that it's fun, it's educational, and that it drives, again, drives down customer acquisition in just really building out our loyal consumer base. That's amazing, Asha. Well, we can't wait to follow up with you and hear a bit more about what's to come from the brand, how the brand has evolved, you know, what things have worked, um, especially as you build out that community. So we'll have to touch base in a few months and see how things are going for you, especially as you get more acclimated and into the weeds, so to speak in your role as CEO. But this has been such a fun conversation. I always love hearing how brands are thinking about growth, how they're prioritizing new channels, the role that content plays. So thank you so much for chatting with me and giving me the scoop. Oh, you're welcome. It was so nice to spend this time talking to you. And to all of you listening, would love to keep this conversation going because like I said, there are so many new trends, so many lessons I think practitioners and executive leaders in other categories can take from some of the exciting trends and initiatives that are happening in the world of skincare. So we will tag Asha and the the Covey team on social media. That way, if you have any questions, we can create a direct dialogue there, keep the conversation going. And of course, we would love to hear your thoughts on this episode. Please leave a rating or review on your preferred podcast player. We are on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, of course, and honestly, anywhere else, we're probably there too. So we'd love to hear from you. And if you haven't subscribed to the show already, we are having weekly conversations with brand executives like Asha here to dig into the trends and topics that are top of mind for all of you. So definitely subscribe. That way you can get the latest and greatest delivered right to your device. But that's it from us today, everyone. Thanks so much for joining us and we'll see you next week. Take care. Thanks for listening to this episode of Retail Remix. Be sure to subscribe so you never miss an episode. You can find us on your favorite podcast player. Until next time, keep mixing it up.